lead the charge with Milwaukee. Performance, power, precision, no petrol hassles. Learn more at milwaukeetool.com.au. Milwaukee, nothing but heavy duty. Aces, I know I always talk about the Rixies, but I've got to offer you the discount again. In case you've forgotten or in case you're sleeping under a rock, we have a special discount code for everyone that listens to this podcast or watch the podcast. It's Aces. Head online to rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code Aces and you'll get 20% off. That's right, 20% off, one-fifth at checkout and free express shipping. So head online, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. All right, do we have a big show for you today? Let's get stuck into it. Welcome back to the podcast, Tommy Talks podcast. Today, as always, we have some big guests and uh, and finals footy. Um, we know that the grand final would have just finished. So this man, uh, everyone knows this man. Everyone knows he's won a few of them. And uh, when it comes to celebrating, no one would celebrate any better than Jonathan Brown. So welcome to the podcast, big fella. Yeah, hey, Tommy, it's a pleasure to be on, mate. And uh been watching for a while, just waiting for the invite. <laughs> well, mate, finals <laughs> footy. I've got to save it for the – I think it'll be Mr. September, early October for this uh, when this yeah. is released. But, mate, when it comes to um, – yeah, when it comes to finals footy, I thought I'd save the big dog for them because, uh, yeah, mate, when you win so many, like, you must you must get the phone going bananas around this time of year. Well, certainly if Brisbane, uh, Brisbane's in the grand final, that's for sure. So I've been getting excited with the season they've had so far and obviously a bit disappointed the last few years. Uh, leading into grand final week, they couldn't get through because normally the phone would be ring- ringing off the hook. But uh, so this year, uh, a little bit different, bit of expectation around the lines, which has been exciting. What does give everyone an insight when the phone rings? What are they asking you to do around this type of week? Like how many lunches and that, and how many how many beers can you drink? <laughs> well, I uh, yeah, that's the thing. You've got to try and organise a driver, don't you? Because you want to. <laughs> everyone wants to have a beer with you wherever you go. Uh, so. Uh, and I, I think it always helps just having a couple under your belt just to uh, <laughs> lubricate the stories and uh, just loosen them up. But, uh, yeah, normally I, I do remember actually grand final, grand final weeks have been – they're different, you know. Obviously when you're involved as a player, Tommy, and uh, you played in – I mean, you played one or two no, grand finals. No, I was an emergency for two, but I, saw, I felt yeah, like okay. I was around the yeah, group. But yeah, so you were preparing as yeah. part of it. So yeah, obviously just, that's vastly different. Just, just, <laughs> just outside the team, but like you're inside the uh, the meeting room, you know uh, what I mean? <laughs> I remember one year, uh, one of the emergencies, Aaron Shattuck, uh, he had to perform the fitness test on Nigel Lappin, who had broken ribs. So you can imagine how hard Aaron Shattuck was going on Nigel Lappin <laughs> the night before the grand final <laughs> oh, yeah. in 2003 because he's thinking, well, if I can break this rib a little bit further – that means that I'm playing. So <laughs> I'll, I'm never, ne- I'll never get the uh, – when Phil Davis had the sore calf, I was a genuine sniff. Yeah. So I was out there like, man, I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. They had all the American, big American or investors or supporters or sponsors or whatever. Yeah. And they're great fellas. And we had everyone in. The Giants had the G. And, mate, I've never trained me ass off. I've never oh, yeah. I've never kicked the ball any better. I was kicking barrels from, like, the boundary line. <laughs> and all the crowd were going, who's this bloke? Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah. I might be a sniff here if he falls out because I've trained that well. Just ended up offered to do the run-throughs with Phil oh, Davis. I'll run the water, I'll do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. No, it's funny, like, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a – normally we look after each other as teammates, uh, especially when it comes to a fitness test, but uh, I've never seen a teammate go harder <laughs> on another teammate the night before the grand finals, famous, of course. There's great footage of that. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's it's. I remember one year, 2007, and, and the first few years I was involved in grand final week as a player, so obviously – 
you're looking after yourself. We used to fly down on a Thursday night um, from Brisbane, all that sort of thing. So all of a sudden, when you're not in the grand finals, you go, geez, how good's Melbourne? You know, around town, getting around, having a few beers. And uh, I do remember 2007, I won the Coleman medal. So I had to go to an official AFL function on the Saturday morning. Now, I got to be caught up in the festivities of grand final week. So the Friday night, um, it just kept going. It just never ended, you know, and I ended up probably at the casino. And then before I know it, I was I was booked in to do an 8 a.m. footy show appearance at the casino oh. again. So I thought, shit, it's 6.30 and I'm still here. So I had to go and get ready, go and do the thing with BT and Gary and uh, the footy show appearance. And obviously you get makeup on to go on TV. Still haven't been to bed. And then as I'm walking out, I knew I then had to go to the AFL function at 10 o'clock. The makeup girl said, oh, now, do you want me to take your makeup off? And I thought, shit, I haven't been to bed. I look as pale as a goat. So I said, no, actually, uh, I'll leave uh, I'll leave me makeup on. So, <laughs> so imagine me, I get invited to the life members function for the grand final that day. Port Adelaide uh, got belted by Geelong. And I'm standing there uh, talking to David Rhys-Jones and, and uh, the great Bulldog Murray. And I thought... I hope these two, two of the hard men of our game, I hope these two men know, <laughs> don't realise that I've got makeup on. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, grand final week in 2007 might have got the better of me. That's great. They wouldn't have even noticed, I reckon. It's funny they yeah. put makeup on. Do you think it makes a massive difference, makeup? Because you would put a fair bit on with all your TV shows and that. Yeah, absolutely. People ask you all the time. I, I usually notice them. Um, I get accused of being a bit of a redneck, but when I go on TV, <laughs> my neck goes all. Uh, well, your face and my neck goes red, but normally, obviously, you got the face makeup on. So, my wife always says as I'm walking out the door, make sure tell them to put makeup on your neck as well. <laughs> it looks like I've got nothing wrong with you. I've got this massive redneck. So <laughs> that's the that's the Gold Coast sun. Yeah, it is the Gold Coast sun. Um, so, uh, so no, it's, it's enjoyable, mate. But uh, you're certainly on TV. It's not not one of the, the best parts of the job. But we've got good makeup girls at Fox Footy. How long does it take to put the makeup on? Takes me, it takes them a long time for me. <laughs> Just to sharpen me up. And my wife also says, can you get them to open your eyes up a little bit? Because she thinks Kyle's, uh, she thinks, she, you know, she's a makeup uh, therapist. Um, she's a beauty therapist and uh, eyebrows and, and makeup and all that. So she often asks, uh, are you any chance of getting an eye lift? Uh, so imagine if oh, I turned yeah. up like... Well, Nathan Brown's been accused of getting Botox yeah, on the forehead yeah, yeah, during yeah. this year. Imagine if I turned up with an eye lift, oh, I reckon, Tommy. Oh, I reckon you reckon it'd be that, the that ambassador. Be... It'd be Carlton draft yeah. out of the way and you'd be the Botox ambassador, <laughs> mate. turn up on TV with the eye, eye lift, eh? That, that wouldn't go viral, would it? I reckon it would, mate. I reckon it would. I reckon it Sam Newman obviously did it for years, and I reckon you'd have to just – I want, But when you do it once, you got to keep doing it, don't you, apparently? Yeah. So if you don't, if you do it once for a laugh, and then it'll go even droopier, I feel yeah. like. So well, stay well, away. I'll make Campbell Brown, who we do the podcast oh. – Brownie's podcast, and I know he's been on here. He went viral. It's one of those <laughs> clips. Brownie's offered for us to get Botox on air, so I'm not <laughs> sure about that, Brownie. <laughs> so. I would love to see that. I'd, but how is the podcast going? Because it's a, it's a it's a great name and great combo, and um, yeah. I mean the Brown Dog especially. He's a he's a he's a very enjoyable man to be around. He's a loose unit, isn't he, Brown Dog? Yeah. Uh, we love him, uh, Campbell. Obviously, a premiership player, and he often reminds us that. Probably should have won the Norm Smith medal in 2008. He kicked a goal there from half back and he thinks he was robbed by Luke Hodge. Uh, <laughs> often reminds of that before he headed off to uh, go his infamous uh, trek up to uh, the Gold Coast. But um, no, he, he's an absolute beauty. Obviously, we had his 40th a few weeks ago and um, he, he's so much fun to be around and I love doing the podcast with him. Um, 
And, you know, so many, so many funny stories, obviously, over the time. But, uh, you know, he's got himself in a, you know, a few sort of hairy situations and one of, uh, he loves his racehorses. He absolutely So most of my stories around Brownell centre around <laughs> racehorses and um, I was very fortunate that my wife has got me out of a couple of scrapes, Kyle's, I mentioned her a couple of times. She got me out of a scrape with uh, when Fev got in a bit of strife for doing that footy show, Street Talk, Oh yeah. Uh, when I was supposed to be doing that. And because Kyle's was heavily pregnant, uh, I said to the Channel 9 producer, no, I've got to go upstairs uh, to do to look after Coles, who's uh, about to have a bub. I uh, said, so "Why don't you? Why don't you ask Fev to do the street talk <laughs> at the Brownlow?" That was obviously very infamous. That was it. That was him done. That was the other one. And the other one was uh, when Brown Dog's sweet idea the horse was running oh, the yeah. Magic Moons, and I was there with Brown Dog and Sweet Idea won, and we're all celebrating. But again, Kylie was heavily pregnant, uh, so he Dog wanted to go out and celebrate. I said, you know, we're on the Gold Coast. I said, no, nah, look, I've got to take Kyle's home. Got to look after her, do the right thing. Well, that night, obviously, Brown and I got a bit carried away, got a bit excited, um, <laughs> was arrested, uh, unfairly so, as a, in the wash-up, but yes. nevertheless, yeah, arrested. In the so can. Obviously, the next day, I'm just sitting up at home on the Gold Coast and uh, – I'm just sitting back and I thought, I'll send a text message to the old brown dog and say, how'd, you, how'd your night go? At this stage, didn't realise he'd been arrested. How'd the night go? Um, and uh, I was just wondering, a very, very uh, sombre text message. But yeah, good. I thought, geez, that's unusual. He's just won a group one. He's won a fortune <laughs> yeah, on the punt. Yeah. I thought I would add a bit more of an expansive message. <laughs> and just so I received the message, a little, you know, the, the little ticker underneath the news comes up. Campbell Brown arrested on the Gold Coast <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, good. And, and yeah. he generally would have been like, yeah, no, it was a good night. That's right. I think it might be his first text as he got his phone back when he yeah. was let out of prison. So, but, he does uh, reckon it was an, uh, an unfair dismissal that night. He, he told that story. That's um, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And his and, credit card, he said, just, he had one phone call and he goes, you can call anyone. you think he'd call someone to get him out. He goes, he called his bank and said, cancel the credit card. <laughs> I'm not having these Gold Coast Suns boys drink on me and I'm not there. That's right. He was too. He'd left the credit card up in the yeah. booth. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, as the, as the record states, he was unfairly arrested. Oh, there. that is good. Yeah. Do you, do, are you, have you ever bought into uh, any horses as well? I've got a few horses, yeah. Yep. I've, had a, I've had a bit of fun and I was fortunate enough to be part of a group. One winner was Snap Dancer. Oh, um, you in that with um, Cammy and the boys? the boys? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were in that. Yeah, so we had a, we had a real good time and um, – what happened yeah. to Snappy? Is it what's the she, latest? She retired. So, she retired. Yeah, she sold. She's going to be off having uh, having some babies herself, have some foals. So she was just sold well during done. the year. Yeah, and they got a good price for actually too. So you um, boys, cle- I'll never forget because um, Cammy Manuel, good mate of yeah. mine, and uh, and there's a big syndicate there, and yeah. I think he te- I think he texts me up. Um, he texts me like maybe I don't know maybe the week before saying he's got this horse and. Yeah. I think I remember having a bet on the horse that was leading with Snap Dancer. I don't know where it was at Sandown. It was early days and it just yeah. it's paying about twenties and it just led and then kicked and bolted in. And then it came and goes, That's me horse. I go, where's the fucking tip? Oh, it was unbelievable. Actually, we're over in America last year, me and Brown Dog and a few mates and um for the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Oh, and dream. we had um Grant Smiley, uh he's got a He's a well-known DJ here in Australia and he's got a nightclub or a night spot there in LA and he was having, you know, like a sort of a bit of a show on leading into the Super Bowl and and word got around the Snap Dancer. Snap Dancer was running that night um, in LA, which was obviously daytime here in Australia. Oh, yeah. She was running at Randwick. 
So obviously we've come to Grand Smiley's place and uh, we were we were pumped up. We were re- all ready to watch this horse. And uh, so anyway, obviously the Americans are now allowed to gamble. They're allowed to mm. bet online. So word's gone around <laughs> that Snapdance is running at Randwick and we were all very confident. So I had a couple of NFL blokes, current NFL players, come up and tap me on the shoulder and go, Hey man, do you do you know this horse called Snap Dancing? Do you know where it's running? So <laughs> they're not used to online betting, so they they're trying to online bet for probably the first time, and the reception wasn't quite good enough to watch the race on the oh, phone. Really? So everyone's just re- refresh, refresh, refresh on the results, and before you, and you look around at the, about the time that she's running, everyone's on their phone just hitting refresh and. Obviously, she's just one, and all in conjunction, all together, the whole nightclub has just risen. The big roar went up. I think the whole nightclub was on it because most of them were Aussies and a few NFL players floating around. So snap dance gave us a lot of joy. Oh, that's and, and pays well and paid well frequently. Paid well, it was never absolutely. like short. It was always juicy. You were like, oh, do I? Don't I? Yeah, one of group one in uh, Adelaide paid over twenty dollars. Yep. So they're always handy. Oh, mate, <laughs> and you would have loaded it every time, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a bit of a crack, but when it's paying over twenty bucks, you don't need. No, exactly right. That's um, that's the dream, isn't it? Like just having a group oh, one. Who- I reckon Lee Matthews said to me that the greatest thrill he's had in sport, um, and obviously Lee's won <laughs> eight premierships, four as a player and four as a coach, um, and, you know, voted arguably the greatest player of all time, but – he said the greatest thrill for that 30 seconds is having a group one winner, even though he <laughs> might only own a tool for a yeah. couple of hairs on its tail. But when she won, I was there at Caulfield last year and she won the Memsey Stakes, uh, the thrill of just seeing that for that 30-second rush, see a horse win a group one that you got a part of, it was unbelievable. Like, I, I agree with Lee. It sort of almost puts it past winning the premiership. Yeah, well, Nathan Broad was on, um, Brody and the boys, they've got a they've got a fair few horses yeah. um, and they've got the Melbourne Cup favourite. And, and they yeah. reckon, uh, yeah, when it won a group one the year before, it was just, same thing. He goes, look, we've won premierships. He goes, this was, this is, this is probably just as good, or if not better, like just for that same period of time. And because oh, yeah. you're sharing it with your mates as well, it's one of those things that's hard to find. And yeah, um, well, it, it's a, it's just a, such a thrill, and and um, and it was probably only the only surpassed by or, or on the same par as my mum actually trained. My uncle was a greyhound trainer, and so my mum, uh, his sister, um, decided to have a crack at training a dog herself. And this dog was called Modern Assassin. His kennel name was Zach. And so mum just had a crack at it. My uncle said, why don't you have a go at Mares? And uh, so she had a go at it. And, um, well, this dog turned out to be a multiple group one winner. Oh, you're kidding. And, you know, Modern Assassin. And it was a big race, the Paws of Thunder in Sydney at Wentworth Park. And it was also the same night that Nigel Lappin had his wedding. So we're pretty excited. 2002, we had his wedding in um, Lawn. Uh, it was on the Saturday night and coincided with the race. Well, the speeches were lined up for about the time of the pause of thunder. They were up at the Pacific Hotel, a big one out on the on the cliff there in Lawn, and um, you know, a heap of the boys there, you know, Leper and the Scott boys and um, our Lions teammates. And I thought this – and the Lappins are a, a family. They're punters. They don't mind a pun as well. Yeah. So word had got around again, well – We've had to hold up the speeches. I said to the MC, said, mate, you're going to have to hold the speeches because half the wedding wants to go down to the local lawn hotel where the score channel's on and watch the race. So we've all loaded up in the car, headed down to the pub, and everyone's had a real crack at Modern Assassin. We've loaded up, 
And he's jumped. He missed the start. Anyway, he eventually rounded up the leader, and he's got up by a nose. The oh. official margin, well, you can imagine the roof of this pub in Lawn has absolutely <laughs> fucking lifted off <laughs> because all the Lappin clan, all the Lions players were all on it. Absolutely pumped. So that's probably the biggest thrill I've had in racing. I thought, my neck's on the line here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm holding up the speeches. Claire Lappin's <laughs> going to be pissed with me. Uh, so anyway, we load back into the cars. Back up to the wedding, and we walk in, and just we walk in. Uh, I just give the thumbs up to the MCC. You start the speeches. Uh, Claire did give me a few death stares, but uh, everyone was happy, so it was the, a great oh, night. The energy in the room would have oh, been oh, mate, it was unbelievable. the best wedding ever, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, don't worry. A few of those country boys had had a big crack. Modern Assassins opened at about $2.80. By the time he jumped, it was about $1.80. So <laughs> I think all the wedding was on it. That is, uh, that, that's, a, that's the best. Yeah. I love hearing yeah. those stories. It's um. It's like winning a quaddy with your mates, but oh. yeah, that's that's brilliant. Have you had any big quaddy wins with the boys? Because they're hard to win the quaddy, yeah. especially on spring carnival weekend. It's bloody tough. Well, the one trip we used to do a Toyota bus trip all um, yes during finals uh, as part of the Good for Footy program and BT and Spud for all they would organise it, and it was so much fun. We go on tour for four or five days. They get the current AFL boys and. You go to a different region, so you might be going southwest of Victoria. You do three or four clinics in the different towns, and then yeah, it'd be a big night. You'd, you'd yeah. have a big night, and then you go to the next. You might head up to the Albury region. So a lot of travel on the bus, but it was so much fun. The one year I wasn't on it, we'd always take a quaddy. The one year I wasn't on, but Mark Rusciuto was, and he got some great tips. The boys took the quaddy, and the last winner paid. Not sure if it was a hundred to one, but oh. certainly closer to a hundred to one than five to one, let's say. And uh, anyway, the horse got up that last leg, and the boys waited around. They got video of it. I think BT took the video on the bus as they're travelling to the next region, and the dividend read out forty four thousand oh. dollars. So and obviously the boys had all chipped in. They were all part of it. They had a full unit. 44 grand, so. Well, they had the 100% of the quaddy. Yeah, I think they had 100%. So oh, that's the dream. It's fair to say that uh, the Toyota credit card didn't have to get used much that <laughs> night. <laughs> hey, it still would have used it. It still would have got used, I reckon. So when I saw the, you know, obviously I got inundated with texts from all the boys oh. while I wasn't on the trip. So when I saw the video, I was bloody spewing. I thought of all years not to be on it. Yeah. It's always the case, isn't it? Yeah, always yeah, the case. Yeah, so that was a big one. Are you, do you love the spring carnival? Like, will you be getting the, uh, around all the, um, you know, Cox Play? Yeah, you know, Stakes Day, Derby Day. Which one's your favourite? Um, yeah, well, always Cox Plate. We usually always go to every year, but um, all the, a lot of sort of anniversaries in our family are measured on on horse dates. And I was reminded that it doesn't always fall on that exact day, but it's just a rough measure for me. So I know my wedding anniversary is always roughly Cox Plate Day. It's another one we had to hold the wedding ceremony because. <laughs> We're worried that all the boys would be watching. Uh, yeah. I think it was back in the day before you watched on the phone. We're worried that they'd be listening on the <laughs> on the trannies in the church. So the year the Maldivian won the Cox Plate, we had to move the Cox uh, the wedding back by half an hour. So uh, uh, so that everyone could watch. The Cox play. It's always a bit of a cardinal sin when you, you get a wedding invite and you go, oh, fuck, oh, you're no. kidding, aren't you? <laughs> exactly on, right. the, on Stakes Day, like, exactly. you know, on Derby Day. So it, it is easy to remember, though. So I know that Cox Plate is coming up. I think, right, our wedding anniversary, do something yeah. for Coles. Uh, Derby's always your birthday, my birthday, 29. And, uh, so I'm the 28. So I realize yeah, that's that. Right. Yeah. So you know that one. And, and Olivia, my eldest, she's the next day, she's the 30. So we always know it's about Derby Day. 
And then young Jackie Brown, uh, my 10-year-old son, uh, he's the 3rd of November. So I think well, that's about Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, it's all right in there, <laughs> That's isn't it? right. So this year it's sort of fallen on those days. So I'm not going to be able to make it this this year, but – uh, Jesus, so much fun! So normally Cox playing Derby Day are the two big ones. Yeah, that's uh, it's a bit. Yeah, what's your? Uh... Oh, my my uncle gets a, uh, on the rails. He gets like a tent and uh, or like you know puts he puts on a barbecue, drinks overnight, puts it all on ice, and then yeah. I bring all my mates and we go in there and done that for years. So they normally Stakes Day, Derby Day, mm-hmm. but then Cox Plate being you know went to school in Essendon and it's you know it's around the yeah. corner. That was always a bit of a go, but oh, I, I just love the amphitheatre of. Cox Plain and small and intimate. Obviously, they yeah. can only get twenty odd thousand there. Yeah. I was there for Winx's third and fourth. Yeah, I was there for the for Winx's last yeah. one there as well. And they're just amazing, you know. Just that was special. It was special. I remember looking yeah. to my left and there was an old couple and one of the uh, they, they were crying. They were yeah, crying. Yeah. I thought, Fuck, this means a lot to some people. Yeah. Like it's it's actually this is this might be something that we're well, taking for granted. Some time, aren't they? Mm. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, they're they're an athlete. So you yeah, know, and it's it's great to say I, I was there when I you know when this happened. We've become good mates with a few jockeys, um, yeah. and you just don't you, you, you don't realise. Yeah, there's just there's just so much work that goes into it, and there's so much luck, and even like your snap dancer, which um, you, you'd know, but like you need the right you need the right prep, you need yeah. the, you need the luck, you need the ride, you know, yeah. you need everything to go right yeah. on the day, and it's, so to have a group, Mate, it's, it's make crazy. Sure those little bastards on top don't <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. fuck them up. So <laughs> oh, we uh, get it, we get stuck into the boy. Yeah, so we got yeah. Regan Bayless and Dylan Gibbons in our NFL yeah. fantasy league, and. Um, oh, the boys! The boys get into them, but I tell you what, they can give it back as well. Oh, so they they are, oh yeah, Actually, they're great. I'm, I'm fortunate enough, I get to play golf from time to time with Glenn Boss and uh, amongst a few of the boys, and he's just such a he's a great man, Bossy, and such a humble man. And remember the first time I played <laughs> golf with him, and I drove I drove all the way you know out there, and I knew I was playing with Bossy. I thought. Just hold off and asking him about Maccabi Dave in the Melbourne Cups because <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine if he just get oh, everywhere get he goes, he just yeah. get peppered. And uh, I was very proud of myself. I lasted to the second team until I asked my first McCoy <laughs> David question. <laughs> but he's very respectful. You know, he answered yeah. that question. I thought, I know, I know the things, the gears in his brain are ticking over the thing, and what an absolute fuck with. You know, <laughs> brown dog, you could have at least waited a little bit longer. Wait till like the 19th hole where you're having a beer, yeah. yeah. When I grew up, that was everything. Like you just, you yeah. didn't know anything about horse racing, but you just wanted to watch Maccabi Diva. Yeah, McCoy said, just don't get into trouble. She just was get, so good. Uh, just let just, it out. Just keep her off, keep her off the fence, don't get her in any strife and just. Pull her out and away she goes. So so imagine the thrill of riding a horse oh, like that. Oh, well, did he, did you ask him if he uh, ever was you know really anxious because his expectations are just to win? Like, did he ever think about like, or was he just the horse was that good? He just had to keep it off the fence. Well, that's right, keep it off the fence. Oh, I think those guys are just they're um they're so brave and courageous and they're competitors, aren't they? So I think that you can't get to where someone like Glenn Boss has got in elite sport without relishing those moments. Mm. I, I think, and I, I think that's what separates. The great athletes um, in any sport or any code um, to the you know to, to the to the good and the very good because they embrace those moments and they run towards the fire and um, you know because it, it can be a very it's a it's a very suffocating feeling when you do get confronted with those moments but the great ones seem to be able to push through that and embrace mm. that moment and obviously I was fortunate enough to play with many of them myself but I couldn't mm. think of. 
no greater example than a jockey carrying the weight of a nation on his shoulders than, say, Glenn Boss, in, especially that third Melbourne Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, well said. You know, and, and obviously Winks in the four, third and fourth as well. Yeah, well said, mate. Well said. Well, speaking of uh, blokes that run to the fire, you, yeah. you play with some of the best players ever to play the game. Yeah. Uh, do you... Now that you've um, been out for a little while, like you, do you, have you still re- do you reflect much, or are you still because you're in the media and you're still talking day to day, and you do see the boys? I know you had your reunion the other week, yeah, and yeah, and congratulations as well. You're a you're a hall of famer. That's the, what they induct you for again. Uh, the actual well, terminology. Yeah, I was I got out elevated to a legend, legend status, status, which was which is pretty pretty amazing. Really, there's, there's, there's six of us now in the whole history of the Fitzroy Brisbane Lions. It's amazing, mate. Well yeah, so uh, thanks, Tommy. It was it was actually. It was uh, it was very humbling, put it that way, because yeah, Dad played Fitzroy, and uh, so I grew up a Fitzroy supporter. So I, I know the history of the Lions. Um, so you know to be sort of in that mentioned that similar company with uh, Hayden Button Senior won three Brownlows. Obviously Gary Wilson uh, was a legend player. Dad played with Bulldog Murray, yeah, you know, the greatest, probably the greatest uh, Fitzroy Lion of all time, and Vossie, and then to be. Elevated with my great mate Simon Black uh, was was amazing. Obviously, we, our, our careers intersected together, me and Blackie. And we got a photo at the end of it. He had a medal on, and I didn't have a medal on. And I said, "Where's my fucking medal?" And they go, "We well, already in the Hall of Fame." I didn't realise Blackie wasn't in the Hall of Fame because the last time five years ago the Lions had a Hall of Fame night, Blackie was doing Survivor. Oh, he was in, yeah, he, he was, was on an yeah. island in Fiji. <laughs> Um, looking for the looking for some keys or something in the sand, I think. So he actually got straight away. Yeah, you know, shows how good he was, wasn't he? Yeah, don't worry about just getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. We're just going to put you straight into legend status. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there and that you was go. Simon Black. So yeah, it was great. It was a great night, and uh, I was very proud. And Dad was there in the room, which was oh, which was brilliant. nice. That's awesome, mate. So yeah, so legends as big as it gets. There's no obviously. I always wonder how they, you know, the, the tears because Hall of Fame is big, but legend is is that's the pinnacle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, that's why I sort of wanted the kids. I got the kids to go and. Um, the kids storm the stage. It was all about them as usual at this stage of their life. So that's awesome. I said, oh, the kids are, yeah, it's a long night. We got presented on stage about 10 30. I said, the kids have had, about had enough. And Hutto goes, oh, well, they probably want to be on stage dancing. And then before you know, the kids are on stage. Oh, I'm trying to do the interview and they're on stage <laughs> dancing, carrying on. But it was beautiful, beautiful to have the kids there. And um, it was just great to see the old teammates. And it, you, you ask about reflection. I find actually Craig McRae got up and made a wonderful speech because he was one of the inductees into the Hall of Fame and he just spoke about living in the moment. And I think the great thing about Lee Matthews for us, teaching all of us boys, was living in the moment. And and I was able to live in the moment and I still find myself living in the moment, so I don't feel myself yep. reflecting much at all. But it is nice to take yourself back in moments like that where you have the Hall of Fame night, so it's 20 years for us, 20-year reunion since 2003 grand final and you do see some moments like that and then, you know, if grand final week works out, you know, Brisbane-Collingwood, for you know, that would obviously be some nice symmetry with that 20 years since we knocked them over at the G. Um, so you find yourself reflecting in those moments but, you know, as far as memorabilia and all that, you know, my memorabilia is – yeah, in a storage facility to stay forever because my wife won't let me put it up anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little man cave. Yeah, I do, don't I? Yeah, yeah, you need a man cave. Yeah. It's a bit like that. I always ask, where's the medals? And everyone goes, oh, well, we just tucked them away so yeah. that no one can steal them. Yeah, it is. Look, I just love playing. I just love watching current day athletes and the footballers. And yeah. 
obviously I'm a supporter of the Brisbane Lions. I just love watching the current crop and crop, and I hope that they have their own legacy and I'm probably more cheering for that than yeah. looking back, you know, that's for sure. Do you watch uh, – who, who do you – Who do you? let's I'll start with – stay with Brisbane and yeah. before we go yeah. to the competition, but you watch a fair bit of footy. But who who really um, – as a – like because you're watching now, are you a bit of a fan of any player in particular? Like there's, if, who's your favourite at the Lions? Like just the way they go about it, you go, oh, I just love this bloke. I'd put the jersey on with his number <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. was to wear a jersey. Well, I've got a soft spot for Cam Rayner because he wears the same number, number 16. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like he's a player that's got a bit of X factor about him, and I think he doesn't mind the big moments. You know, he yeah. embraced him. He's a couple of nice things. You know, kicked a couple of big goals against Port Adelaide in that first final, and he looks to me like he relishes the challenge. Um, so I've been really proud of him. And I know people, a lot of pressure on him, a first-round draft pick, but, you know, he's really getting there. And um, So, you know, but I've, I've obviously got a soft spot of the blokes I play with, and I think Dane Zorko's done a – yeah, he's had a magnificent career, five-time best and fairest. He's been maligned by the outside world, you know, because mm. he has been controversial at times and he's got himself in a little bit of hot water, but I think he's had fantastic resilience. Um, so, you know, there are a couple of blokes that, you know, spring to mind. Yeah. I was very proud of Harris Andrews, the way he's played this year and uh, taking on that captaincy role. He was a, like a little giraffe. Uh, when he first came in, he was there when I – was just finishing up and I tried to teach him a couple of tricks there towards the end, but the way he's grown and developed into an All-Australian player and this year a captain, he should have been an All-Australian this year. He's been a fantastic captain. So they're two or three to spring them on. Yeah, well said, mate. Well said. What about our man Dunks? Obviously he does a podcast yeah, with us yeah. and he's watching from the outside and he's a perfect team man and, yeah. and does all the hard things. You must have enjoyed seeing him come to the Lions yeah. and, and play a role and sit next to like a Lockie Neal and let him get Absolutely, to work. Absolutely, yeah. Dunks has been the missing link. And I think that's why he's recruited that we need that bigger body midfielder to support Lockie and Dane Zorko and Zach Bailey and the likes in there. Uh and the fact that he, you know, he's gone and done a job on Patrick Cripps early in the season, that just shows you've got that big bull in there, that big body midfielder who runs, works as hard defensively as he does offensively. I just think that was the piece in the puzzle that the Lions were missing. Uh, so, yeah, that's 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 um, big praise, I know, but he's capable of it. And the only premiership player in the team. Yeah, he's won one and being the two. That's important, being yeah. the two. Um, so that experience too, just to help – Help settle with some of the younger players, but he's been a fantastic pickup. Ah, uh, great, a great man as well. It's uh, yeah, he's a beauty, isn't he? yeah, really good person, and um, yeah, they all are actually. I was up there for Lockie Neal's thirtieth and yeah. had a good night with a few of the boys, and they're, they're all very good. humble, aren't they? And they're very tight. I think that you know this, Tommy, from being it and been playing for an interstate team or a couple of interstate teams, but certainly when you're younger, if you haven't got if you've got a lot of interstate boys, you rely on each other because you don't have that wide circle of friends like mm. some of the Melbourne clubs would. Uh, so now you're they've right. developed a real you spend, strong unit. Spend more time together because you do, you're, yeah. you're traveling every second week. Um, if you're not traveling, then the, the, the travel group leaves and the, and the seconds, if you're yeah. in the twos, you're, you're tight as well and you're talking about how can we get better and get in the team. And I, right. I, I reckon you're right. I reckon there's something there. And yeah, uh, no, I reckon yes. I would have struggled in Melbourne. I, I, how do you yeah, reckon you would have? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting it's, one, it's, isn't it? Yeah, I, I reckon. I look back now and go, I, I'm very grateful I went to like. Fremantle and then, and then the Giants. Oh, yeah. I get back down here. There's so many distractions. Even just even just being like out of the game. Yeah, and yeah. hey, mate, you want to get a beer? It's like it's fucking Wednesday night. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and it's hard to say no. You say no, but I just think if I was playing in Melbourne and and, you, and you're going all right, there'd be a lot of distractions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I never had that affiliation with Melbourne because you know I grew up outside of Warrnambool, so three odd hours out of Melbourne. But um, 
And obviously there's the pull of playing in front of big crowds weekly, especially playing for a big club. But, yeah, I really enjoyed being out of there and, um, you know, where I sort of helped build the culture of AFL football up in Queensland, that's for sure. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot of distractions. And I think that certainly helped, especially when it came to grand final weeks and certainly finals when I think especially when the profile of the team really built and we're becoming a superpower, to actually be out of town and really just get around town like a normal person in the weeks leading up to those massive games, I think that helped. Yeah. You know, I certainly think that helped. I think there's – you can look at it two ways. You know, Lee Matthews always wanted to make sure that we were aware of what the footy world was saying about us. So you turn up Monday morning, you'd have massage and weights, whatever it was, recovery. He had about 15 Herald Suns there. Oh, so he actually brought the external noise in. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah I thought, because uh, we, we kind of blocked that out. We'll be going free blocking out the external noise, but you're saying Lee brought it different, in. Because you guys were in a footy place. You know, Perth is a big footy town. Yeah. You know, Brisbane wasn't. And it, you know, I, I suppose you had to keep, you had to build some internal pressure if the external pressure wasn't there. So Lee brought a bit of that in just to give you an awareness of still, hey, where you sit in the footy world. Now, he didn't force you to read the papers, but he just wanted you to have an awareness subtle. of it. He's just subtle, you know. So, and I think that helps because the challenge, especially in the northern states, is you can get comfortable. You can get comfortable because externally there's no noise. No pressure. There's no pressure really. And all of a sudden that can sort of bleed. That can bleed into your subconscious. and Just take the foot off the throat a little bit, especially if you don't have a coach internally putting the foot on the throat. Uh, so... And that's why I think, you know, it'll be interesting. I think Damien Hardwick's a great appointment for the Gold Coast because now they just need that coach. I was just coach. thinking that, yeah. And, you know, I know they talk about vulnerability and all that, but don't worry, Dim will have a hard side to him. Dim will be able to just go in there, the gr- time is right for that group, just to put the foot on the throat a bit and just drive because, um, you know, you, you, you sort of, You've you, you got to have that bit of pressure to sharpen the diamond. Mm. And uh, and I think that's what Lee was able to bring. Now you're well said. I think there was someone was saying Gold Coast have yet to have a lot of success with their sporting, you know, the sporting teams because yeah. that one thing, it's such a great great lifestyle and great place to live and more well, relaxed than anywhere. Elements, and that's bullshit about the Gold Coast saying the Gold Coast Suns won't be successful because of pre- pre- previous history. The mm. Suns, well, it's got nothing to do uh, previous history with Gold Coast sporting teams. It's got nothing to do with it. Gold Coast as a city's changed. It's a major metropolis now. It's not a transient place as it used to be. Um, it's a normal city now. Mm. So, yes, albeit you don't have a culture of a smaller town like Geelong where it's all footy, 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 there is other sports. But the Gold Coast Suns are well well set up now. They've built that base. Now it's just putting all those pieces together. And I think the final piece is now getting a big-time coach it's been there and done that and just knows how to just grind the group a bit, yeah, you know, just to get you. them to the next level because they've got the talent there. They have the talent. They actually, like, they have – that's why I just get so – I get so, like, frustrated. Like, they got the talent. Like, you'll see them click straight in the gear, I reckon, where they're just a bit, bit of a better game plan yeah. and a, and and, and uh, I reckon a few players that were floating a bit, they'll just be sharpened up and they'll start while you watch. Absolutely. And I think the talent pathways, I see with my kids, yeah, you know, all the way down from under 13s all the way through – the talent pathways um, are ahead of the southern states. Like, there's so many kids playing AFL, especially on the Gold Coast. Like, you only got to look at the Suns. I have that many academy picks this year. Mm. That another five kids made the All-Australian, the under-16s. Like, these 13-year-old kids that I'm seeing, like, they don't miss a kick at training. They are guns because they're doing AFL at school as a subject. They're doing two nights a week at training. They're training with the Suns Academy. 
some of the lines. They, they're just getting so much football now up in Queensland that Damien Hardwick's walking into a place where he's got a footy factory of, of incoming talent year after year after year. So any coach with any any coach that's got it together, he's going to be able to put that team together. He's a smart man, isn't he? He's gone there for it. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's picked a great time, I reckon, to go there. Uh, who's there? Well, good timing, I think, for both. I think it's good timing to get out of Richmond. Yep. He's done everything he can there. Time for the group to have a freshen up, a new voice, which supported Dimmel to realise that, and then go for a new challenge. Mm. I think it works out well for both. Mm. No, you, yeah, well said. I think, um, and I think he will, he will enjoy the uh, the sunshine up there. The, oh, the great yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. Getting well, out of Melbourne, yeah. 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 He uh, looks like he's got a bit of a glow to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, geez, Brownie, not that we want to talk about the weather on this podcast, but living in Melbourne in winter, it wasn't too bad this year, but yeah. when you haven't lived in Melbourne for many winters and you're and playing footy in you know in Sydney yeah. or Perth or, or Brisbane, it's a, it's a different lifestyle, oh, yeah. isn't it, big fella? Like you're not even worrying about those cold well, nights. Lee used to say that to us. You know, we're at an advantage. You know, during the footy season, we're going to train, it's 20, 18, 20 degrees, beautiful skies yeah. during the winter time. And so your body's not as sore. You know, it's not as hard to get yourself up for training. And Lee used to mention that to us a fair bit and sell the message that we're in an advantage, yeah. all those sorts of things. Um, and we believed it. No doubt about it, we believed it because you don't only need to remind yourself on a Friday night, you come down, you fly in on a Friday arvo, you train. And, you know, be pissing around at about eight degrees and you go, actually, you know, we're pretty lucky. We're pretty, <laughs> yeah. we're pretty lucky up north. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking, let's speak of Lee quickly before we get back into you. Oh, I you know, find him fascinating and you mentioned him a fair bit, but he's obviously had a massive impact on all of you, all you lads that played under him. Um, what's your relationship like with Lee now? Like how many times would you talk to him throughout the year and and what is the message that you could probably share with all the Osmerican Aces that we could all kind of take into our life that he's kind of, you know, shared with the group that you yeah. still think about today? Yeah, he's um, – oh, he's like, look at his legacy. I, I think, you know, four senior coaches this year and obviously several other blokes that have played under him are assistant coaches or done very well in football clubs. Like look at Craig Kelly, the CEO of Collingwood. You know, one of the most successful ex-players. The game scene, obviously, with his player management company, now CEO of Collingwood, who finished on top of the ladder this year, just a powerhouse and probably the biggest sporting club in the land. Um, so the legacy of Lee Matthews, and it's because just so many simple lessons in life that we can carry through, not only our football, but it bleeds into your life. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't get to talk to him as much as I'd like to, uh, but we certainly try and catch up you know, every couple of months. And, um, and I think as he's got later in life, Lee's like a proud father or a proud grandfather. You know, when we go, we're starting to catch up more and more of the boys um, that played in the flags together and making a bit more of an effort. Like Pikey's been the ringleader out the last couple of years organising functions and, and and Lee's the first one to say, yep, I'm there. Yeah. And I think he, I just I feel like he's that proud father looking across the room when he sees his boys get together and just go, this is a special group, because that is the time for reflection when you're out of the gun. And uh, so, yeah, I, that's that's what I sort of observe about Lee. Uh, he's still as sharp as ever. His insights into the game are fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, he, he had so many, so many different sayings, but one, one I sort of – one I always go back to in life, and I try and instill that into me kids and, and just my own life, is just – Failure cannot cope with perseverance was one of his great sayings. And, mate, I'm not sure if he penned it or he ripped it off from somewhere, but he used to say it all the time. And 
Failure cannot cope with perseverance. And I think it's just one of the great lessons in life. You just keep going, and, you know, whether it's you doing your podcast, Tommy, and, or, you know, a, a footballer out there or, you know, a younger one, one of the kids trying to get through school, whatever it may be. Just keep persistent. Or me doing the painting job at home. <laughs> I can see know. the arms got that paint on. Two weeks ago, you rang me. I was on the ladder and I'm thinking, <laughs> fuck me drunk. And I'm like, I haven't got time to do this podcast because this painting's going to go on forever. But you know what? I get here today and I go, actually, my wife said to me when she dropped me off, she goes, you know, we've nearly finished the painting. So <laughs> the perseverance. You know, failure cannot cope with perseverance. Uh, so that's that's a great quote. It's a great quote, isn't it? You know, mm. and, a, and a great lesson for life. And um, and I think one of the things that he was Lee was at the cutting edge of, you know, he wanted his sports science to be the big sports science department when he took over at the Lions, uh, and he won the sports psychologist Phil Jaunty, who was, yeah, you know, he's very big on just behaviour based stuff. So yeah, we all wake up and some days go, geez, I don't feel great today. I don't really want to do that. But I guess the the logic from Lee and from Phil was, you know, if you wake up in grand final day, you don't want to do it. Well, you don't feel great. It, no one gives a fuck, do they? Yeah. 100,000 people with MCG don't give a fuck if you, don't, you didn't wake up on the right side of the bed. So start to train yourself with behaviours. Allow the behaviours to lead your mindset and not the other way around. Don't wait for, oh, I'm feeling good today, so now I'm going to go out and play well. Um, so I think, yeah, and then you try and carry that through your life. You go, right on, get into good habits. That's get into good behaviours and that will lead you through and lead you to feeling better. Um you know, whether they be getting up in the morning and just going to the gym when you don't feel like it, whatever, to set your day up. And I think Lee was big on that, was really big on all those behaviours, um, setting you up to feel better and then obviously to perform on the biggest stage regularly and consistently. Yeah, it's it's well said. What, um, what this fascinates me, what's Lee's background? In, and do you, like, I'm talking early days, but, you know, like where's he got all this, I guess, gold from? Because yeah. he's... um. It is gold, and like it you is, said, he, yeah. he's obviously played the game. It's simple and he's co- gold, too, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, I think a lot of people find themselves with Lee's when he says something. Oh, fuck! What do you not think of that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just yeah. puts it so succinctly. Yeah, it's like when someone exactly. creates something really special and it's so right. simple, it's and so you go, simple. "Fuck! What do not think of that?" Yeah, yeah. I was coming up with big words yeah. and all this complicated, convoluted. Well, process. we're talking off air. We should share it, and yeah. I'm with you. I definitely agree with you that. Yeah. In life, people complicate. Like, even when I'm doing emails, right, you might be yeah. having an important email. I'm thinking, yeah. fucking hell, this thing's just like, just, I just want to pick up the phone and say, bang, 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 let's, and it's done. That's but when right. people overcomplicate things, um, and in an AFL system, the game plan, the terminology, the yeah. media, you got all these, all these people that call one thing another thing. And, you know, the poor, the poor bloke at home, like, even a half forward was a fifth and a yeah. sixth and a fourth. Like, when I got driving, I go, what the fuck's a sixth? That's they right. They go, mate, that's the high half forward that goes in the stop. I'm that's thinking, right. oh, can't we just say that? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, if you're, you're a punter out there and a fan, don't, uh, you know, like you, you can, don't get confused by some of the terminology and some of the bullshit because some of the coaches, they've got a habit of making it sound more complicated than what it actually is, especially <laughs> when it comes time to finals because the simple things get it done. You know, you've got to be able to win contests. You've got to have a high amount of pressure. You've got to be prepared to work for each other and play your role and just be connected. You know, that's that's how that's yeah. getting it done in finals. And you know what? Um getting it done in big moments. Because summer finals are all about moments, aren't they? And can you sort of make the most of that moment or that period of time in a game where you've got momentum? 
can you maximise on the scoreboard? Which obviously Melbourne, no greater example. Melbourne weren't able to maximise when they had big periods of momentum in their first two finals. All of a sudden they're sitting at home watching the rest of the final series. Mm. So it is, it's a simple game. Don't, when you're talking to, when you're up there talking to your, your staff or your pupils or your team, don't fucking have a thesaurus coming out of your mouth. Okay? <laughs> or require your, require your audience to um, require your audience to have a fucking dictionary beside them because oh. that ain't working. <laughs> and that was the great thing about Lee. You never needed a dictionary or a thesaurus. That's it's very that, simple. That, and I think Craig Bellamy, that's why he's got so much respect in rugby league as well, you know, because I've been in a couple of Ballyaches meetings and <laughs> no worry, Ballyache cuts straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> Which we love. We yeah, love that. We love that, yeah. A few uh, few beeps along yeah, the way. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll tell you, so Ballyache's probably a bit more colourful than Lethal. But, yeah, um, was Lethal, was he, uh, was he, was he, like, did he swear yeah, a fair bit? Was, was he was aggressive? He was, was pretty his... measured. Uh, he used to fire. I always felt like he got a little bit of a lift uh, for his ex-clubs, you know, so Collingwood and Hawthorne. Yeah, uh, and the blokes, his contemporaries, the contemporary coaches that, you know, he had that rivalry with. So Sheedy, Mouldhouse, just to name a couple that yep. you just knew. He, oh, he had, get up in had a little bit of extra zip in the pregame message <laughs> uh, when he come up against us because obviously those boys didn't like losing to each other. The one that stands out in two thousand and one, we beat Essendon in the grand final, and they were a powerhouse team. Probably should have won more than one flag that in 2000. We knocked them over. We're underdogs in 01. They probably had a few injuries leading into that game. So anyway, history says we won it. The return bout in 2002, about the middle of the year, uh, we played them at Marvel Stadium. And it was a fair lead up. It was their first game back. It was their first game we played since that grand final. Big lead up. James Hurd, I think, might have been his first game back, one of his first game back since he'd fractured his skull over in in in. Freedom, yeah, 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 he certainly, yeah. yeah some, in Perth, yeah. There's some sort of accident, I thought, um, there, and he's he, pretty sure he had the helmet on his head. And, um, you know, Lee and Kevin Sheedy came out during the week and said, well, this game, there's going to be no rules, you know, and obviously that was headlines, you know, the no rules game. And, you know, we had you know, Scott Boys, you know, we had Pikey, we had Lepo, we had Lynchy, had Vossi. Like we had some absolute animals that played on our team, Mel Michael. They just loved to scrap. And we're leading in, Lee didn't address it. You know, we had the midweek training meeting, the opposition meeting. So fucking Lee still hasn't addressed this no rules comment from Kevin Sheedy. And it's everywhere. We're getting asked, but anyway, we jump on the plane, fly down to Melbourne, turn up to Marvel Stadium, and the boys are the, the boys are thinking, what's going on? You know, what's yeah. Lee, what's the direction gonna be? He gives us the final demands, he goes through the team, just we're about to run out of marble. I thought, fuck, he still hasn't addressed it. He goes, hey, boys, and one last thing before we go out, just about to run out, and he goes, as far as Sheedy's comments about no rules, he said, I'm happy if we play by those rules. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck it out. I'll tell you what, Jay. The cockroach, Lethal's just a bit, he's virtually green lit. He's green lighting us and, uh, just to go out there. Well, Brad Scott's grabbed James Hurd, put him in a fucking suplex move, flattened him on the ass. There was about four all in brawls, about $100,000 worth of Malay fines. I think two or three of us got weeks, got suspended for whacking blocks. So uh, don't worry, you can guarantee you that was a no rules game, that's for sure. But uh, we had to pay a few fines after. That sums up Lisa. Yeah, just yeah. had a little bit of just a and little just bit of spice. Just held it to the very just end. Just held it to the very end. All the fluff during the week. He's oh. like, the last message will be no rules. Oh, it was like a red rag to a bull. So like, you can we imagine the game. boys. We won. 
Okay. We yep. won and uh, but a few of us didn't play the next week. <laughs> 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 the sales were busy. Oh. It was a busy tribunal. You had it, mate. You had it. Like, yeah. geez, I'd, I'd hate to play on the wing against, like, you know, you just think about these machines that you played with back then and oh, even the yeah. body types back then. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. even know how the teams would marry up, you know, like it's a different era, but just yeah. such a physical, strong body, you know, like line-up versus these days, probably way more, you know. It's a good point. Like Scott Murphy's actually now at Geelong, does great things at Geelong, and they got a few bigger boys. I won the flag last mm. year, of course, on the back of that physicality, and Scotty was our weights coach at Brisbane during that uh, successful era. He was also the weights coach or the coach for the shot putter, the Australian shot putters at the time. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, we were big lifters, big lifters in the gym. We had some big boys. Um, what were you and throwing? Wanted, I had the record lines. I'm not sure it's been beaten. I had the bench press. I walked into the club. I could do 80 kilos. So the bench, we had all the records up on the board. And as a skinny 18-year-old from Warnable, um, the bench press was the top one. That was the Blue Ribbon event. <laughs> said, our Alistair Lynch, 155 kilos, which is a decent lift for a one rep of bench press. And... I was 80 kilos. I thought I'm fucking no chance. But I dreamed of it one day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, eventually, a few years later, I hurt me knee, you know, one of the off-seasons. So all I did, I thought, fuck it, that record's mine. <laughs> I'm taking Lynchy down. <laughs> yeah. So I just did bench press every, every second day. And um, eventually, I got the record. I knocked over 157 and a half. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, I used to watch the shot putters. Uh, they'd come in and they could throw some heavy steel, some big steel around almost embarrassing like us flimsy little boys from yeah. uh, the southwest of Victoria. <laughs> we didn't want to ever walk in. Yeah, certainly do weights while they were doing it. But I watched them. They used to put heap of T-shirts on and make themselves feel tight. So the day I went for the record and knock over Lynch this day, I reckon I walked in with about 15 T-shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> I was as tight as a drum. And uh, I got the record up. But, uh, you know, we certainly we certainly, we certainly love the lift and that's – I think the footy's a bit different now. And I'm just not sure the boys prepare like that or lift as heavy as they as we used to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, no, as I said, the bodies were much bigger and yeah. that game's a piss. I was an Essendon fan growing up. I'm surprised yeah. I don't – I don't I don't vividly remember um, that that scrappy game, but I remember you guys belting us in the 01, Granny, because I, yeah. was, I was in tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was amazing. Jeez, it was – we had a belief there, but you, you, you're never quite sure. We'd won 15 in a row and we turned up the MCG and I think it was 28 degrees, Tommy, and just think, fucking, this is, this is perfect the for dream, us. yeah. Melbourne's just gone through a, a long winter, 28 degrees, this is perfect for us. And just everything about that grand final day was, was special and was perfect. And, um, you know, even when we got on the bus, we used to stay at Park Royal and St Kilda Road and, it, it was yeah, you come we come down, you do the grand final parade the day before. There was a lot of lions colours there, obviously a lot of black and white, uh, black and red as well. And then yeah, the next yeah, everything went well the night before. Then the next day you go to get on the bus and you follow the president of the United States of America was surrounded by police motorbikes. And <laughs> I thought, what the fuck's going on here? And then Come a long way from South Warrnambool, that's for sure. And <laughs> they just took us straight onto the tram lines, all the way down the tram lines, down St Kilda Road, down to Federation Square. Yeah, you know, all the motorbikes stopping traffic. You swing right past Federation Square, head down towards Brunton Avenue, down into the MCG. And on the way, you could see all the colours of the fans walking to the MCG. And that's when you got the appreciation. Thought, shit, they're all here for us. Yeah. And so it was just special. And and Lee Matthews said to us that week. Just embrace it. 
you know, really enjoy it because you might never get back here again. So as a 19-year-old kid, that's what I did. I thought, this is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we're getting a police that. escort yeah, to the yeah. MCG and and going in, just look around, look at the colour and look at the excitement of it. And, and then, you know, you go into the rooms and it was funny because Lee didn't have want any extra stuff up around the rooms, so it was still the old Richmond rooms. So there was no Brisbane Lions paraphernalia around, had all the old Richmond gear up, which was funny. Uh, and then, yeah, you just go out and you, you do your thing. But yeah. it was a very eerie feeling, I remember, because people always love to know what goes on behind the scenes and you talk about the pre-match entertainment and all the goings-on out there. Well, you actually can't hear it. Well, you didn't know what was going on and I think in excess may have been playing in the pre-game and I, I vividly remember putting my boots on and um, I still remember I had the Adidas Cape of Mundials on that day <laughs> I'm lacing my boots up, sitting in the old locker room, the old Richmond locker rooms out in the bowels of the MCG, and the door would swing open the top of the race, and I could hear, um, yeah, never tear us apart. Oh, wow. And then the door would shut, and then silence. It was like you're in a tomb. And that's when, yeah, the nerves started to really set in. You think, shit, there's a fair bit going on 30 metres away. And, you know, you sort of – and then when it's time to go, you get out of the top of that race – and I think there was a fair bit of tension for us boys. One of the things that stands out though, or the only thing that stands out is the top of that race, just before we went out, Lee grabbed us and this is the very rarely he ever did this. He grabbed us, pulled us together and said, hey boys, just want to let you know how proud I am of his. I love his. I love you for what you've done the last 15 weeks. I'm proud to be a part of his. Today, not that it doesn't matter, but just go out there and give it your best. And he let us go. And from that time on, he probably sensed in the group that we might be a bit tense and a bit tight. Yeah. And it was just like that pressure release valve. Mm. And then we set off. He sent his young blokes on their way. They're sort of going into battle and down the race you come and just that wave of euphoria and excitement oh. and noise hits you. And it feels like your feet don't touch the ground for the first 15 minutes. You're running around. It's just an amazing, amazing experience. And fortunate enough, we're able to get it done on the day. Mate, you've summed that up beautifully. You're a great storyteller, and I, uh, I, I think anyone listening and watching, even like me now sitting there, I can. It's like we're putting a, putting the Adidas shoes on ourselves right now yeah. and about to run out because it is the dream. Not yeah. a, not not many people will ever get the ch- the chance to even run out on the MCG, yet alone that day in that team, that moment, like you just summed up and. Lee's got a bit of beautiful leadership about him in that moment, doesn't he? He's recognised yeah. it, he's addressed yeah. it, and he's also, you know. It's timing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of timing. Group, yeah, knowing a, your group. Exactly right. It's a bit like the moments you talk about on the footy field. He's clearly got the moments as a coach, and he knows when to pull the right rein, and he probably waited a while to, to say that. And, yeah. and as you said, the pressure was probably released from coach to players, and players are probably like, oh, well, if he wants us to play free, then we will, and out you go and you play well. That's right, you know, and it's a, it's a vivid – it's a vivid memory of mine, and, and obviously he would have known as a player himself. He's been through that, and and I saw saw, you know, there's the, the, so much goes on in the locker room that the fans don't get to see. And I think you know I'm a fan of all sports, and it's like the NFL. Well, you never get to go into the NFL rooms. Like, what goes on in there? Yeah. You know, and you know it's just normal stuff, stuff that happens in suburban footy. But there is those moments in time that you'll never forget. And like one of one of them was that moment. Uh, another one was. We didn't know Nigel Lappin was going to play in 2003, right up until the team sheets had to be in back in those days, 40 minutes before the game. And I think 45 minutes out, we still didn't know. And Chris Scott was stripped, ready to play. And Chris had had a few injury problems himself, but he was uh, one of the emergencies 
ready to go. And Lee said, you strip for this game if Nige doesn't get up. So I was actually doing some stretching and just before the team, final teams were announced and Chris Scott was just there, just beside me. And I remember Lee Matthews coming out of the medical room and obviously armed with the knowledge of the Nige just said, no, I'm going to play. And really vivid, I still remember Lee walking across, tapping Chris Scott on the shoulder and saying, Nige is playing, put your clothes back on. Oh. And you think, you know, one of the best players that I've played with and heart and soul team member, I thought just how heartbreaking. Yeah. How, this is this is 40 minutes for a grand final. 100,000 people there going to win our third premiership. And you just see how heartbreaking you were for a mate, a teammate, and the class and the grace that he handled that and just got up and went over his locker and put his Lions uniform back on or his suit, whatever it was. Uh, you see heartbroken for him. And then you look over and see Nigel Lapp and you think, what a fucking warrior. Mm. You know, like how tough must this man be? How inspirational when you know he's got busted ribs. As we found out afterwards, he probably had a punch of lung going to the game and then all of a sudden you're, in, you're heartbroken and then you're inspired by a teammate all in a matter of moments. Yeah. So there's those moments in time that you'll never forget. That's – um. That is class. Being a, a former specialist emergency mate, uh, <laughs> you know, two on grand final day. Yeah, I tell yeah. you what, a, a different though. It wasn't like you were um, warming up. There was one year that you thought you were a sniff, but um, but you, you're right. It takes, and that's why I've got a lot of um respect for the fringe players because yeah. if you're a good bloke, yeah, you you, you need a you, you know you, you're on the fringe for a reason. You're not in the best team, and you also need a. It's, it's about the team, and yeah, gee the boys up, do your thing. That's but also, right. if you're required, you need to be ready, and it's a very a very tough position to be in being emergency because yeah. you actually are a chance to like you're literally a chance to become a Norm Smith medalist if you imagine you come in and you win like you you're just you're that far off being being right there but you're That's also right. if you don't get in you're, you're back you're back with everyone else yeah. and, and you can't let your emotions get the better you just got to think how can I be the best teammate how can I just you know you just got to take it for what it is and you flip it, and we've all seen it, not, not not probably grand final day, but more just during the season, the blokes that spit the dummy and think, oh, I'd no. never want to be like that. And well, and, right. and you see it and you go, that is the, that is that is as far as, you know, just. Well, you, you guarantee if like Chris Scott cracks the shits in that moment. It could rattle the group. It, it uh, could rattle the group. And, and guarantee he wouldn't be coaching an AFL club. He wouldn't be a two-time premiership coach. Yep. Um, at this stage of his career, as well as obviously, it shows the player. character it shows of the, the man. Character of the yeah, man, you know? the perseverance, like you said, it's yeah. a, you could call it a failure, or you could call well, it that's perseverance, right. and, and that's no, you know, and, and it, it, it takes a whole, it takes a whole club and a whole team, a whole team of players. Like twenty three, you'll play a grand final day, but you can guarantee what probably thirty five, maybe thirty eight of some clubs have played throughout the season. Mm. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, and yeah, all those emergencies. But, uh, it's funny, the emergencies, Timmy Notting, and you know, my, my best mate out of footy, uh, the POS, uh, he's an absolute be beauty, but he missed out in 03. And I'm not sure, I think he was one of the emergencies, but once the game starts, well, there's not much you can do. So old POS was still that funny story. You know, he really enjoyed himself. <laughs> he went that hard. He had about, you know, the old cricket, when you go to the cricket and you, you, drink, the, you drink the schooners in the crowd with the plastic cups <laughs> yeah. and you build the cup the cup tower. The snake. Yeah, they said Possum had built one of the biggest towers of all time. <laughs> the <laughs> tower, would, yeah. It would have put the uh, Australian cheer squad out of uh, a <laughs> – they would have put them uh, out of sorts in uh, if it come to Boxing Day, you know, <laughs> so possibly was on yeah. fire. Because no, I, so, I remember that year when we won our third, 
few of the emergencies and a few of the blokes that didn't play, they were absolutely fucking blind when they were on the ground. They came out of the ground, they were hugging us and carrying on. I thought, Jesus, you're going to take a bit of catch up. These boys have got three hours head start on us. Uh, that's, a true, that's a true emergency there. Yeah, that is, yeah, that, that yeah. is what you do. You, stra- you straighten the piss and just go, wait, come boys. Oh, There's not much a- I can do about this. Yeah. Well, I was, so, I was, I never got to celebrate a win because I was two grand final emergencies and two losses. So yeah. you, um, you're getting pissed, but it's almost like a, it's like a funeral after the game. You, yeah. You, you fucking, you, you don't oh, know what. It's a contrast there. Yeah. yeah. I, I four, you know, we experience Yeah. You know it. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it is, it's, it's, a, it's the most awkward. You're like you, you've come so far, but you're so, you know, you, you, you feel just, like a failure. You yeah. Know, you, you feel like you're probably in that time. You feel like you finished last in the comp. Yeah. Um, so in reality, you haven't. You've been able to. You've obviously give yourself your chance to, you know, to win it, being there. But gee, it's devastating. And mm. it's funny too. I still talk about reflection. I, I reckon I probably oh oh four. You probably think about that as much as I do the flags. I was thinking that yeah. everyone always thinks about the one that got away. Even like a Tom Brady still thinks about the ones yeah. he didn't have. It's like, come on, brother, you've got that That's many. A good point <laughs> in it, you know. And and maybe because it would have been the legacy of that group if we won four in a row that. You could, you know, justifiably put yourself ahead of the pack when it comes to the dynasty teams. Yep. Um, but, yeah, three in a row was a pretty good effort. Let's talk about Senar Ford because um, it's, ten, you know, I know you got to shoot off soon. I, I, I want to – what's some tips for these young Senar Fords? As you said, simple game. You're up to date with, you know, you've got young kids. You, you know, um, you know, you're not outdated at all where you played and then you go back in my day. You, you've seen the way the AFL has transitioned and the yeah. game and how it's evolved. What's your tips for centre forwards and full forwards? Um, because you've watched so much footy now and you've played so much footy. Yeah. What are the basic fundamentals you'd, you'd, you'd pass on to anyone out there that might be a, a young yeah. gun? Well, for me, it's for forwards. And I, look, the game has changed slowly, but it always comes back to contests and especially key forwards, uh, the taller forwards. The taller forwards make their money or they bring their value to the team. Uh, by being there for their teammates when they need it the most, when your team's under pressure. So usually that means contest. And to be able to make have a strong aerial contest doesn't mean you have to take the mark, but you've got to at least stop the opposition from taking the mark. And to do that, you've got to be in contest. Uh, so contest comes back to two things. comes back to your work rate. So not only obviously your work rate on the f- field, but you know your preparation as far as your pre-season, uh, in-season training. So being rock hard and fit, being able to have the work rate to be able to get to as many contests as possible. And then obviously then the other thing is the positioning on the ground. So your reference point. So always trying, you know, doing your best to stay reasonably in line with the ball, wherever that ball is, whether the ball's up the other end of the ground, just sort of reasonably, you know, in a in a, in a vertical line, give or take 30-odd 30 30 metres either side. Um just say you're referencing the ball into the right position. So the reason we're not in contest, uh, two reasons, work rate or positioning in relation to the ball or both. Yep. So little checklist for yourself. During a quarter, uh, instead of waiting to the Monday review with the coach just sitting down, why well, wasn't in many contests? Ask yourself the question during games or a quarter time. Why wasn't I in many contests? Okay, was it work rate? Or was it my position in relation to the ball? Or was it both? Um, and if you need help with that, get a coach to, to give you that guidance at quarter time or at half time. So there are your two filters. Yep. Always go back to that and you can't go wrong. And then obviously when it comes to content, outside of that, obviously, yes, we know you've got to have talent and develop your skills, all those sorts of things. 
But number one, you got to be in the contest to win the ball, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and the contest that, gets you going, like it do, absolutely. Like, it do, like I, I remember, like as a winger, yeah. you're, ne- you're that far out of the contest. Yeah. So sometimes you just need a fucking hit or a tackle just to feel like you're in, in the contest. You're, you're spot on, Tommy. And it's a great point you make because, especially in finals, and we've all had them. You can you can get the quarter time in games. You go, what the what the hell's just happened? What the fuck's been going I on? Touched around anything. Me? I haven't touched anything. I feel like I've been a passenger. I feel yeah. like I've been a spectator. And because you you are anxious, everyone's anxious going into it, but the game can pass you by really quick and all of a sudden you're not involved halfway through the second quarter and the game has passed you by and it's almost too late. So get involved physically. Mm. You're spot on. So get a monk, get up to work, get up the field, get to work, get a tackle, help a teammate, get in some contests early and that'll sort of just, that'll help you put the wall paint on. Yeah. Won't it? Because you don't want to be coming off the ground a quarter time oh. and you haven't got any dirt on you. Oh, man, that's me. that was my last game of footy. I reckon I can't go, I fucking haven't done anything but run up and down the wing. Well, that's right. <laughs> I think Pav tells the great story about that Rossi Lloyd got in yeah. there. You're spraying all the boys at halftime. I'm not sure you're there, Tommy. That was emergency again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally was emergency. It's on the go. Gold Coast, mate. It's a ripper, you know. We tell a story. Hey, have a look at your path, you know. You're clean as a whistle. You haven't got any dirt on you at the halftime spray. Fucking pristine. <laughs> pristine. And uh, Pav had just gone and had a share and put a new set of clothes <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> he was best on ground at halftime. Best on ground, yeah. Best on ground. And because it was so wet. You know how, like, at Gold Coast, how humid it gets? Yeah, yeah. Your jersey soaks. So he changed yeah. and put a freshie on. Yeah, and he yeah. just, just looked him down the I, I love the blokes that played under Ross Lyon and a great mate of mine, Goose Maguire, um, and spent a fair bit of time with um, Nick Raywald, of course. But uh, all the boys, they love an impression. Uh, you know, a few of my old teammates do a good impression of Lee Matthews, but they love an impression of uh, Matt, Mag- uh, Matt Maguire, of Ross Lyon. And Goose Maguire was pretty handy at it as well, but they all love, all the, all the ex-players, they love giving a bit of a Rossy, don't they? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, a, funny, there's a lot of funny stories, yeah. fucking hell. And, yeah. I um yeah no there's some piss of that I remember it was I think it was a Mad Monday it was my first Mad Monday and we we're all tied up I was tied up to Hayden Crozier and Hayden Sleuth was tied up with someone and Fifey had written this notebook throughout the year on all the Rossisms and all the things he'd said yeah, yeah. and they're um and some of them are fucking like they're very funny. Are very ruthless, but very funny, and and and, and, so, and as you know, like sometimes you say shit, you don't you you, you don't articulate what you're saying. You, you try anyway, and, and, and I think it was halfway through the year, and he goes, "Boys, I don't give a fuck. I don't care if you're our best player, Matthew Pavlidge, or you're fucking Hayden Sloith. Just get it done, you know." And then like we're all walking out, going, "Fucking poor Sloith, he's on the bottom of the barrel, right?" And so they, they so they, they brought it up oh, on yeah. that Monday, and then because oh, yeah. I think you the coach, flat as like, a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sloith, he's a funny bastard, and yeah, he goes, yeah. "Oh." Fucking, no, and, um, <laughs> it's just a poor rookie, you know, make, trying to make his bread. And um, oh, anyway, and I'll never forget all the coaches rocked up to Mad Monday, and they'd only rock up for an hour because it was more yeah. the players' day. And so Fifey read out, um, there was probably, yeah, it's one of the best things I reckon Fifey's done was get this book out and he's reading all these classics, and that was one of them. And and then and uh, we're all drinking and laughing, and he goes, <laughs> fucking skull, Sloithy. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of oh. confident, and I think everyone was trying to make Ross skull, and he goes, Sloithy, fucking skull. Oh, he- <laughs> So that was a funny moment. Isn't I it funny when yeah. you try, the coaches try and place the team into groups, you know, and <laughs> I think maybe, I'm not sure whether it's during our premiership run or as we're starting to slide, the lines are <laughs> just trying to give the boys a bit of a sharpen up and a bit of an awareness about where they are. And he goes, there's two groups, of, two groups of players, you know, he said there's the lions, you know, just hungry and you're out there for the kill and you're a hunter. And then you're a wildebeest and, 
And then the, the whiteboard goes up, and then there was the reveal. He had the two oh. gangs. He had the lines, and everyone's scanning straight away. The lines, they crossed. I was in the lines section, and then there was the wildebeest. And we'd been going shithouse, and only three quarters of the boys in the wildebeest category. So you can imagine how flat the wildebeest were when oh, they exited that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been me in there for sure. I think we had to go around and do a bit of damage control <laughs> after that. Yeah. Just apologise for yeah. the wildebeest. The, in the, best, group. the best parts of the showers all like the locker room oh, yeah. afterwards. Because yeah. some bastards probably shouldn't be in the wildebeest. He's going, oh, how the right. fuck am I in there? Well, we had to shower separately. There was the wildebeest <laughs> and the lions. You know, Pikey's out. You're not allowed over no. this shit. <laughs> I've heard Pikey's a pisser. I'd love to meet Pikey. Even Jono said Pikey's, um, yeah. yeah, one of the best you, on Mad Monday. You'd love to do a podcast with, uh, with, with Pikey. Yeah, he, he's an absolute, he's a beauty. Four-time premiership player and, you see all the photos, 2003 days. Everyone's got three fingers up <laughs> and Pikey's got four up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, of course, won one with North Melbourne and, you know, he got inducted in the Hall of Fame last week, the Lions, and the Lions last – Fitzroy's last best and fairest winner. Oh, there you go. You know, so he was a uh, – he was he was an absolute, you know, he, he was an absolute beauty and, um, you know, he, he, was, he was a fantastic player, 200-odd games, uh, yeah. life member of the Lions, and when he – he was so nervous on meeting Lee Matthews and Graham Allen, who was the footy boss, that he wanted to make a good impression because I think he'd been sacked by North Melbourne there at the end of the 2000 season. And so Lee Matthews and Gabby Allen reached out to him and said, we want to have a meeting with you in Melbourne. It was in the middle of summer, early summer. And so he met at a hotel in the city somewhere and apparently it was 37 degrees. Well, Pikey's turned up in a suit. Like the only time, <laughs> the only time he's ever wore a suit. And... He's sitting there in the waiting area, no air conditioning. Pikey's sweating his ass off. He's waiting there, mate. The boys are half an hour late. Lee and, Gu- Lee and Gubby, half an hour late. They're ringing going, Pikey, where the fuck are you? Pikey's gone to the wrong hotel. So <laughs> he, he turns up. He turns up in the suit. Where's Lee and Pikey sitting there in shorts and thongs? <laughs> oh, you can tell he's desperate for a spot yeah, on the list. Desperate for a spot. So Lee, uh, Lee knew he had a hungry football there, yeah. uh, and he was hungry. All right, he won three flags. Yeah, that's a great story. Do you guys get into him to that uh, day about the suit? Unbelievable, and, and the greatest negotiator of all time because two thousand and end of the two thousand and four, we weren't sure whether he, he wasn't sure whether he'd get another contract and. You know, we were disappointed we lost that flag. And uh, the Sunday night after the grand final, we got in deep, deep, heavy discussions with the CEO at the time, Michael Bowers, and the negotiations kept going further and further into the night, obviously, as the boys having a few more beers. And Pikey wasn't making any headway with this negotiation, so he thought, fuck it, I've had enough of this. So he went to the toilet, came back, and walked straight back to the bar where Michael Bowers was standing and headbutted the CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it was a big story at the time. Word got out. Poggy's headbutted the CEO. Fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. He got a new contract. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want a a negotiation, send Pikey in for you. Fuck it. We can sit here all day, Brownie. I'll tell you what. Um, Mate, before we uh, round up and give you some some prizes for, for coming on the podcast, mate, you know, Celebrations, grand finals, 01, 02, 03. Talk to me about some of the best celebrations and memories of those that period before we uh, close out because I know you've got to run here. It's a, just so everyone knows, yeah. we're, we're shooting this uh, prelim week and Brown Dog's got about 500 appearances <laughs> after this, so <laughs> yeah. he's got to run. But I just want to know a little bit more about your celebrations because like Pikey there, there's, there's some great characters and some great stories, no doubt. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was so much fun. 2001, Antia went bust. Uh the week of grand final, I think. So we had to get a private charter down 
for the grand final. And uh, so obviously private charter down, there's not a lot of festivities on the plane down, but when you've won the flag, going <laughs> home is fair to say. So Pikey was blowing up. He was in charge of the bus <laughs> and the drive. Back on the Sunday, went to Brunswick Street Oval. There was big, a big, huge crowd of a lot of old Fitzroy supporters there to send us off and out to the airport and desperate for a beer. Most of the boys hadn't been to bed and we walked onto the private charter and they said, no, there'll be no beers in the plane, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we walked on the plane, we're a little bit flat and uh, I said to the uh, girls, you know, no, no beers in the plane. And she said, what do you mean no beers? She opened up the door in the galley and there was about a dozen slabs of VB just oh, sitting there waiting all. for us to go. So <laughs> those celebrations on the plane home were so much fun because it was just us. And that first year, 2001, the pilot actually did a circle of the Gabba because the fans were waiting for us. Pilot, he announced it on the PA and said, I'm going to fly down a bit lower and closer to the Gabba on entry to the Brisbane airport. And he did a full circle That's of the Gabba. Awesome. And uh, and then we landed at Brisbane airport, had the fire truck spraying the water over us. So you go, geez, this is a big thing. It's pretty pretty cool for a non-football town. So that was uh, that, that was uh, pretty special. Um and then, yeah, Craig McRae, um, I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. This but- is exactly what Jono said. He goes, he doesn't like us bringing up, yeah, but he yeah. sounds like the ultimate team man and, and the, uh, he was the organiser of all the events. He was the organiser and uh, he sort of, he was, um, he, he, he was just, he used to get the prayer at the front of this pub down one of the main roads. He used to come, <laughs> he'd come out and sit in the car and uh, he'd jump in the car or maybe jump on the bus and come flying past with the Premiership Cup going <laughs> past the pub and the boys would give him a roar. He just is such a special person, a great organiser, a great team man, a great connector, and that's why Collingwood have, um, yeah. you know, Collingwood have got the right man in charge there and the right man to negotiate yeah. final series, that's for sure. So, so many great memories. Most of them I can't really talk about, but <laughs> yeah, exactly um, right. It was just so much fun. That's brilliant, mate. Oh, it's awesome. Um, no, I love, I love the fact you're sharing him. And like you said, it's, even now, you. I wish we had drone footage of that because we probably didn't have it back then. Yeah. But just the drone footage of the uh, the plane even the camera phones. It would have been great. Yeah, you think yeah. all those. Uh, Although not having the cameras, you just remember these probably yeah. things. You know, people looking down and probably not enjoying the moment so much. You boys would have really enjoyed, like lapped it right up. So different era. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was just so much fun. We used to. Always have a. We get together on the Sunday night in the club rooms, and um, you know we the, the, the boys. Yeah, it was just it, it was just a hell hell of a lot of fun. I remember. I think <laughs> I think one of the, the one of the years, old Murray Johnson, our old trainer, um, <laughs> he used to swear by Condi's crystals because and these Condi's crystals, these things that you put in the water and you put you soak your feet in it so you wouldn't get blisters. <laughs> And these Connie's crystals used to be um, there in the showers and you'd put your feet in them, stop the blisters. It might have been no wild tale, but uh, we're obviously celebrating on the Sunday night and the boys are getting to be carried away. <laughs> a few of the boys are in the spa. So obviously inevitably one of the boys decided to get the big tub of Connie's crystals and throw it into the spa over the boys. So uh, it's fair to say they weren't happy, mate, because this fucking spa was bright purple. Uh, so they couldn't get – maybe they could get the stain out of the spa. But, um, no, you do what you want when you win a flag. You don't do what you want when you win a flag. Exactly right. No, it was uh, – there were so, so many good memories, that's for sure. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. Now, mate, you come on the potty. We've got to send you home with some prizes after all these classics. And uh, and our friends at Milwaukee Tools, they're amazing supporter of the yeah. podcast, and we can't thank them enough, mate. And 
And it's great timing because they've you just released. The battery mowers, yeah. Good. Yeah, mate. The brand new lawnmower, the battery mower. This one's optimized, steel deck design, uh, push start. And, um, it's got, uh, reaches full throttle in under a second and comes with an eight amp starter pack to get you started, mate. So you'll be going home with this lawnmower. I'll send you that one in the mail. Um, and, uh, you're up in the Gold Coast, aren't you? So what yeah. to send that? Well, you got houses fucking everywhere. Well, I haven't got you, much, you, uh, well, I got my father in law to do the mowing. So well, there you go. We'll send it easy. You can do it at all hours of the night too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Not very loud. How good. Um, are you handy on the tools? I'm not bad, but uh, the father in law, he just loves, loves doing the work around home. So I let him go. There you it go. Makes him feel. Uh, it makes him feel uh, useful. Yeah. It makes him feel <laughs> yeah, well, useful. There you go. But I just got to make sure I can't do it. Everything's got to be done before four o'clock because he pulls that first red wine at four o'clock. Oh, does he every day? Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Work hard then just, yeah, enjoy a couple of quiet ones afterwards. Red wine though, I, I pull up sh- dog shit on red wine. I, I'm not a, not a big red wine man. Like I, I do love it, but yeah. once I have more than three or four, the next day, It does average. get you a little bit, but the father-in-law swears by he was um, diagnosed with his stage five prostate cancer five years ago. He thought he was gone, but uh, tell you what, he's uh, he swears by his bottle of red every night. And the last scan he had, he went there and they said, we can hardly see it. Oh, that's so amazing. The doctor said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. He said, well, I'll keep, do- keep doing that <laughs> bottle of red every night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to share what, bloody, what, what bottle that is. That's, a, that's great to hear, by it's the way. It's a $6 bottle called Parsons Paddock from bloody the bottle shop. It's like rocket fuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever's in there, he needs to share that secret. That's, that's brilliant. Um, oh, great to hear he's going well. So, mate, with the Milwaukee Tools, handiest moment. We always think about it. What's we, what's uh, Big Brown Dog's handiest moment? When you think about all the moments you've had on the footy field, what's the handiest? What's the one that comes you know front of mind? If your kids ever talk about, hey, Dad, you, oh. you, you, you said you went all right. Have you got anything to show us? What's the highlight reel or the handiest moment that you uh, you can think of here brought to you by our friends, Milwaukee Tools? Um, oh, the handiest moment, and I hope he's a big list. I'm sure he's a big list of the podcast is – Great mates with Johnny Barker. He's a great man. I, I love running into Johnny from time to time. And but he hates when I mention this. Any <laughs> time we do something, uh, it was the 2002 mark of the year. And I know you can get footage of this because uh, I always stir Johnny up. The Johnny was on me that day, and uh, <laughs> he made a bit of a business decision when I was going back with the take, with the flight of the ball. <laughs> so uh, up at, that was my 50th game actually. And, um, fortunately enough, uh, that's given me. Plenty of highlights over the journey. Uh, I was able to take the mark of the year in 2002. So that one's just for you, Johnny, just to rub in a little <laughs> bit more. He will hate that. I know when we met at Brown Dogs here, I think I've even got the link on my phone. You go, show this to Johnny. He's yeah, a really right. good father as well. We'll make sure we Johnny clip Barker. that one up. Yeah, we'll clip that one up. And a very good footballer as well. Fitzroy, um, uh, Fitzroy Hawthorne and... He played in one other, and he's obviously a, a Carlton coach here, yeah. a caretaker coach at Carlton. How many times man. have you let him know you took mark of the year on him? Actually, he asked me to tie up a set of golf clubs with Taylor made the other day, so bugger it, Johnny. I can give you a mention. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a mention for the Milwaukee. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Oh, there you go. Well, you're getting the lawnmower, mate. That's coming to you and uh, the old – Father-in-law, he'll be uh, he'll be he'll be on the tools and he'll be drinking another bit of a rocket fuel, six buck rocket fuel. That's right, Billy Boy will be very happy with the Milwaukee. <laughs> That's very good. And mate, our friends from Rick's Eyewear, me brand, me sunglass brand. We, uh, as we said, spring carnival's coming up. Your birthday's coming up. Uh, you got to make sure you're looking sharp. Oh, yeah, so I've nice. got you the uh, I've got you the Melrose here, the champagne. These are the brand spankers. Um, one of my favourite frames. These the uh, named them after Melrose Avenue in Ooh, in Los Angeles. That. There. Um, just the Chris, just the champagne with the brown lens for the brown dog. Uh, so they're coming to you, mate. So chuck these on. I've got a question for you. You've already mentioned Pikey, so I'd imagine that they're probably coming. Your that's probably yeah uh, the the bloke you're going to mention again. But there we go. 
Rick's on tour. Anyone out there that want to look like Brown Dog, uh, rickseyewear.com.au. Use the discount code ACES. Um, Brownie's got the champagne on with the brown polarized lenses. Yeah, they're um, they're one of my favorites. They're the classics. Uh, they've been around since the start, which we love. Now, mate, if um, while you got them on, I love I love listening to the story when you got them on. What what would be the two when we talk about Rick's on tour? You, you finished the season of footy. Mm-hmm. You've done it. You know, you still got a lot of mates in the game. But who are two blokes you'd love to go on tour with? And take the Rixies, and what location would you go? Oh, geez. Uh, I think uh, definitely Timmy Notting, the old mate, the Poss. Uh, he was one of the greatest performers on footy trips. Don't worry about that. Um, some people talk about winning three Brownlow medals. Well, <laughs> Possums won three Downlow medals. <laughs> <laughs> the Downlow, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's, the a, that's outstanding. He was uh, one, of the, one of the great operators. So much fun to be on, on tour with Possum. Uh, he just keep going. Talk about. Talk about failure cannot cap with perseverance. <laughs> that was Tim Notting to a T. When it came to being at the bar, you knew the great man was always there. Um, so he, he was he was a lot of fun. Um, and another one, obviously, yeah, Pikey was good fun to be on. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about that. So yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple there. Was, yeah, the post was always there, and, and Justin Lepich was another good operator. Yeah. Frank the Tank. Uh, he's his nickname. I'm not sure he loves the nickname, but uh, Frank the Tank, of course, the old school character of Will Ferrell, uh, and, and he, uh, it was his alter ego, uh, older ego after a couple of beers, <laughs> yes. and uh, Leper had the older ego after a couple of beers as well. So, um, yeah, no, they're two or three of the great operators. That's great. And what location are you going with the boys, with the Rixies on? Oh, What's fun, one of them? Favourite footy trip, uh, favourite location was New Orleans. Yeah, we, 2003. Premiership, we all went to New Orleans and, geez, we had some fun. It was sensational. Went to the New Orleans Superdome uh, where the New Orleans Saints play. Bought myself a beautiful gift, a helmet, and I thought, oh, this is a beautiful helmet. And NFL, I thought, I'd take that back. It was New Orleans Saints helmets. I needed a, something of significance from the trip, of course. So I'm going to take this all the way back to Australia. <laughs> and I thought, geez, it's pretty heavy. Uh, as I was going, about to depart the taxi, about to walk into the bar and make me big entry. And I go to pull it out of the box and go in front of all the boys and put this helmet on. I didn't realise it was a garden sprinkler. No. It was full of it was full of concrete, and it was a garden sprinkler. <laughs> the first man I see, Craig McRae, said, "Big fella, you're not putting that on your head." So uh, anyway, it was a. So you're uh, going to go to the game with the helmet on. I was going to go to the game with this bloody helmet on. It was a garden sprinkler. <laughs> So anyway, it's fair to say I was flat driving all the way back to the New Orleans Superdome to hand back the garden sprinkler and get a proper helmet. But, uh, yeah, New Orleans. Are you, who, do you, who do you support in the NFL? I'm an Oakland Raiders man. Uh, oh, Las Vegas Raiders oh, man. Well, gee, are you going to the Super Bowl this year? Uh, no, I'm not oh, uh, because half the world's going. Yeah, and, uh, the prices hard are, to get a ticket on Yeah, thought. yeah, and if you do get one, it's a, it's a mortgage. It's a loan. Well, and I don't think I could ever live up to – we talked our way into us, the Fox Superbox at the Super Bowl – Two years ago, uh, at the what's the LA Stadium? Was so far, so stadium. far, yeah, just amazing. We had tickets up in the nose bleachers, and somehow just talked our way into the corporate area. Said, "Well, guests from Fox, and uh, we're supposed to be our guests Did from you? Australia, and we managed to talk our way in." And again, I said to the mates there, uh, "We're going to have to be quick here. Going to have to talk our way in." As we got up to the suit box, we went to Fox. And the bloke answered the door. I said, look, g'day, I'm uh, Jonathan Brown. I'm from Australia. <laughs> I work for Fox and I uh, used to play AFL. 
And a mate leans over straight over the top. He had the 2002 mark of the year loaded up on his front. He goes, look, see, he used to play. And the bloke, the head of Fox was watching the uh, mark. He goes, wow, that's amazing. You guys, you guys, come in. Come and enjoy the hospitality. That is elite. So we enjoyed the whole day in the Fox suit box on centre field. You've got to drop the name. You've got to drop the highlight sometimes, don't you? Exactly right. So uh, I certainly... Uh, I left my humility at the door that day. <laughs> yeah. It's fair to say, man, one of the greatest days ever. So I'm a bit reluctant to go to another Super Bowl because oh, I don't think mate. you can ever live up to that. No, that yeah, I know. It was a good game as well. That's awesome, mate. Yeah. Well, uh, mate, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, you're always welcome to come back on here, Brownie. And um, yeah, no, nah, just thanks so much yeah. for the stories, mate. Look forward to the uh, to our next beer and all the best for the next couple of weeks, mate. Brilliant, Tommy. All the best, mate. One more time because I really mean it. I just want to say a massive thank you for all the support you continue to give us at the Oz American Aces. If you want to further support us, make sure you like and subscribe, hit the follow button so you can keep up to date with all our exciting shows and announcements. Righto, now it's time to give our sponsors a massive plug. Lead the charge with Milwaukee. Performance, power, precision, no petrol hassles. Learn more at milwaukeetool.com.au. Milwaukee. Nothing but heavy duty. Aces, I know I always talk about the Rixies, but I've got to offer you the discount again. In case you've forgotten or in case you're sleeping under a rock, we have a special discount code for everyone that listens to this podcast or watch the podcast. It's Aces. Head online to rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code Aces and you'll get 20% off. That's right, 20% off, one-fifth at checkout and free express shipping. So head online, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out.